welcome to part two of Pegging Paradise podcast number 271. Here is another letter, and the subject is Best Harnesses for Large and Extra Large Toys. Hi, Ruby. I love your site and all that you do. I was wondering what harnesses are best for some of the bigger toys available on the market. My girlfriend has taken to using shibari rope to make her own harness, as a lot of the strap-on harnesses, in fact, all of them that I've seen so far, aren't capable of supporting some of the toys that I own. For reference, I specifically have a large sleep near I'm not sure how to pronounce that and an extra large Nova from Bad Dragon I plan on going bigger in the future as my body allows while I'm relatively new to pegging I've been a huge fan of anal and large insertion since I was a teen so I'm going to pause in this moment and and point out this is exactly what this man who left the comment was talking about This young man has been a huge fan of anal and large insertions since he was a teen. So he did that when he was at an age where that could actually change his body. Now I'm going to continue on with the letter. What would you recommend? We do like the rope harness, but it is tedious and time-consuming to set up. And my girlfriend would really like to find a proper harness she could simply step into and tighten and be ready to go. Our price ceiling is about $300, although there's a bit of wiggle room there to go higher if we find something truly worth it or that has features we can't find elsewhere. Thank you very much for your time, and I wish you all the best. Your articles have helped both of us immensely in this journey together and brought us a lot of joy. Oh, brought you a lot of joy. That's sweet. Okay, so here's the deal that I know about large toys. At first, before I continue, I'm going to go look up those toys and see exactly what measurements we are talking about, because as I recall, you mentioned an extra large Nova, and I think this other person who just wrote in mentioned extra large Nova. Interesting. Okay. So I don't have to go (laughs) to Bad Dragon and look up the measurements. So you're talking about a maximum diameter of 4.5 inches, and then the length doesn't matter because we're talking about the harness. So here is the deal that I know about harnesses that can hold big toys like that. First of all, this big of a toy is going to have a lot of weight to it. So uh, the cheapest way to do it, which I know you mentioned you have a budget of $300, but first of all, let me go through all of them. So anybody listening that is into big toys, these are your options that I see. First of all, you can do the scarf harness. Interestingly enough, if you've just got two long silk scarves, you can actually do this. And I'm going to put the link to that graphic, which shows you exactly how to do it, in the Linkorama for everybody. And it is very, very simple to do. It is very capable of holding a really big toy like that. It's not optimal, but it totally works. The next thing, sort of the next thing up in the uh, luxury sort of territory is a simple harness, but it works exquisitely well for really big toys because it is minimalistic. Now, you wouldn't think that it would work well because it's minimalistic because small straps and things with a humongous toy, well, but they're leather. So it's Aslan Leather Commando. The reason that this one works so well is because basically the style of it just has four straps. It's a two-strap style. So those four straps come around and attach to your o-ring and that's it they snap to the o-ring boom you're done so point being you can get any size o-ring you want okay so all you need to do is to knowing that that diameter is four and a half inches 
go down to your hardware store and get a metal ring that is four and a half inches in diameter, or maybe four if you want to hold it tightly, that sort of thing. You get my point. And then you can snap it on and boom, there you go. You are good to go. Now, the luxury option. Oh, and by the way, yes, these are small leather straps, but it does in their ad copy at Aslan Leather say, this harness is very good for securely holding larger toys. So don't be put off thinking that the little leather straps won't do the job. Now, the luxury option, I think it might be a little more than $300, <laughs> is the Carmen Rivera harnesses. Holy crap. So the Carmen Rivera harnesses, uh, she is a porn star, and she specializes in using these enormous dildos. They really, really are quite big. And she contracted with an Italian leather company that makes these very, very sturdy, sturdy, Italian leather, gorgeously designed leather harnesses. I mean, they are exquisite. So this is something that if you want to spend a lot of bucks and you, it just really sort of excites you to see that kind of design and beauty in holding those enormous toys that you love, yep, the Carmen Rivera harness is an option. Absolute. I'll put a link to that in the Linkorama as well. So there you go. Thank you for the question, and I hope you find exactly what you need. You know, it occurs to me that the link that I usually give people for the Carmen Rivera harnesses is through Mr. Hankey's, because Mr. Hankey sells them. That could be what somebody bought for $399. <laughs> anyway, moving right along here, here is my next letter. I wanted to write to thank you for your wonderful podcast and all it has taught us. My girlfriend and I have sporadically played around with pegging for some years now. Over the past few years, my hemorrhoids have gotten worse. I've seen a doctor and undergone several rubber band ligations, but I seem to still be very sensitive around the first three-eighths of my anus. It's getting in the way of enjoying getting fucked and our anal sex is waning. I'm wondering if you or your listeners have any advice that can help with the fun back in a good pegging for us. Thanks in advance. Sensitive in Pennsylvania. So, let's see here. Here is what I know about hemorrhoids. First of all, if your hemorrhoids have gotten worse, one of the things that you should be doing a lot is Kegel exercises and also internal massage of the rectal canal would be good. Anything that can bring more blood flow to that whole area, and Kegels will do a great job of that if you really get going on the Kegels, because hemorrhoids happen because of a couple different reasons, and usually both of them, is one is there's a lot of tension in that area, that pelvic area, and the other, and what that does is it constricts blood flow. So basically your body goes, oh, there's not enough blood flow here. Let's make some new ones, right? So that's what happens. The other reason it happens is because of straining or the other reason that it can happen. So if you have internal hemorrhoids, a lot of times if you actually massage the inside of the rectal canal, it'll make them go away. And if you bring a whole bunch of blood flow to there, they will recede and they'll go away because your body doesn't need them to be there anymore. 
But if they're external, the only thing that you can do is have them surgically removed like the rubber band ligation like you did. Now, here's what I think happened there is you've got some scar tissue clearly because what rubber band ligation does is just sort of starves the rubber banded end of the hemorrhoid off and so it falls away and then you're good to go, right? But that still creates scar tissue. So it sounds like what's happening is that scar tissue is interfering with you enjoying it because it's still really sensitive. Now, scar tissue does not have the same stretch and flexibility as regular tissue, and to get it to that point is uncomfortable. I am not a doctor, first of all, please remember that, but in other areas of the body, when you have scar tissue, when it's forming, like after a surgery, I had a gallbladder surgery that went horribly wrong, and I needed to be cut open in my upper abdomen, like pretty severely. I, you know, I measured that scar at one point in time, but you know, I don't want to measure it right now. It's long. And when it was healing, I had a lot of other body workers because I do massage, so I consider myself a body worker in many senses of the word, they were telling me you really need to keep massaging it and kind of going back across it and doing some pretty aggressive massaging of that scar in order to avoid getting scar tissue. I do know also that since that surgery, that if I bend over a particular way, my abdominal muscles cramp. Now they had to cut through those to get to it. So yeah, I'm sure there's scar tissue in there as well. So, I don't know how recent it is that it's been since you've had that surgery, but what I would recommend is sort of this really slow but persistent approach to trying to desensitize that tissue. It might be a little bit painful, but at the same time, that's because you're stretching that scar tissue. And there's still pain receptors in that scar tissue. But if you haven't had any trouble in the past with getting any kind of anal tears around that sphincter area, and it has just been the hemorrhoids, then if you go really slowly and really gradually, massage it, stretch it, massage it, stretch it, you can also use vibrations. Do not use numbing lube. Some people might recommend that, but that's a big, big no, because what it sounds to me like you will need to do is to assess good pain versus bad pain. Have you ever had a massage and have somebody just dive into one of those muscles and it really hurts, but at the same time you can tell that it's a good pain, it's not a bad pain? Your ability to discern that while you're massaging this area or getting your partner to massage it is critical. And it's something that you should take really, really gradually and not push to avoid having anything happen like an anal fissure. So if it's been too soon after you've had the ligations, and I don't even know what too soon is, because again, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but if you've had a significant time of healing since that's happened, I think that it's okay to now start trying to massage it and stretch it out again. But that's what I think is going on. That is like the Ruby not a doctor recommendation. If anybody else has any other recommendations, they can offer those as well. And it's quite possible that the vibrations will help that a little bit, sort of shake things up in there. But those are the recommendations I have. If anybody listening has any medical knowledge and can advise this lovely man who wants to get back to getting fucked, <laughs> send it in, please. I'm sure he would very much appreciate it. Okay, here's my next message. 
Hi, Ruby. I wanted to tell you thanks for all of your information. Wife and I follow and support you and your efforts. We both love pegging and enjoy all the aspects it has brought to our life. She gets pretty worked up, and we normally have some afterplay to get her off. To my question, in your experience, have you seen any methods like holding off on ejaculating for some period that allows a guy to get hard and ejaculate when pegging, or is it simply that some guys do and some don't? I posted this one in a pegging sub and got little response. What I did get was a guy that said he postponed ejaculation for almost three weeks to get there. I ejaculate two to three times a day, but have gone three days without. Three weeks is a big commitment. <laughs> Thoughts? Thanks, John. <laughs> So, okay, here, John, here's the deal. Here's what I know about this. Uh, I have said many times in relation to chastity play that I am, I'm a fan of prostates, you guys, <laughs> and I'm a fan of prostate health. So first of all, when anybody talks about abstaining from ejaculating for a period of time, it concerns me, whether that's because you have a device on your cock or whether because you really would like to get hard and ejaculate while you're pegging. So that's one thing because again, the prostate is a gland. Its job is to make fluid, which is a component of ejaculate. That's its job and it needs to be able to do its job to keep that fluid flowing through there and keep your prostate healthy. A urologist, friend of a friend, said the very best thing you can do for your prostate is to ejaculate every day. So given that premise, and holding off for three weeks, maybe not such a good idea in my world. Setting that aside, there is one thing that you might want to try for getting hard and ejaculating while you're getting pegged, and that would be try a cock ring. Cock rings do a pretty good job of keeping erections happening, and they also can lengthen ejaculations and the pleasure that you feel when you ejaculate. So give that a try because that's a simple and cheap solution. I'll put a link for that in the Linkorama, and it's just a very simple silicone band and there is some information about which one to get. You don't want to get one too tight. You don't want to get one too loose. I recommend silicone instead of metal. There are people who have graduated to metal, but I don't think it's a good place to start. But I think that is a good solution for your situation. And whenever you have any idea about abstaining for a bit, and I do recommend abstaining and potentially even edging for a period of time if what you're trying to experience is a hands-free prostate orgasm. But here's what I tell people when I teach my webinar. It's very individual how long you want to do this for. If you jerk off two, three times a day, then maybe three days is fine for you, even two and a half. But if you jerk off like three times a week, well then maybe two and a half weeks is fine for you. See what I mean? So it's very individual and it very much relates to how often you are used to ejaculating. So there you go. Don't use his measure as your measure because you will be miserable, sir. <laughs> I do hope the cock ring works. And please, could you let us know if it does? This is the easiest and uh, simplest, I suppose, and cheapest solution that I know of to try and encourage an erection while getting pegged for those of you who simply don't seem to be able to have an erection. And yes, it is very individual in terms of that. Some guys getting pegged have erections that come and go. Some are hard the whole time. And some could not get hard if their life depended on it. So maybe that cock ring 
will do the trick. Thanks for your letter and good luck with it. This thing that I want to read to you is a small portion of a conversation I had with somebody because I think it's just a fascinating subject. I had been talking about feeling like a fetish delivery system, not just me, but women who get approached for pegging like all the time, all the time, all the time, because they say they're into it and then they get besieged by men and the men write letters and it's pretty much just saying, so, hey, I like pegging too. You want to peg me? And as opposed to treating the other person like a person. So I have used that phrase before, fetish delivery system. And then here's the response I got from my friend. So the conflict I have is, isn't it the same thing being attracted to a guy strictly for the sex part as it would be a woman to be sought out strictly to be pegged? Is it not the same fetish delivery system? And here's what I wrote back. Well, first, attracted to and sought out are two different things. But assuming you're talking about the basic concept of hooking up with no strings attached, no matter who's involved, gay sex is frankly usually more mutually satisfying, far more so than pegging. For women, pegging requires a lot of effort, learning a new skill, getting comfortable with new equipment, developing never-before-used muscles, etc., Often it is not an orgasm producing activity for women. So it is a lot of effort with little reward, not typically the kind of thing you want to do with a one night stand. Now, of course there are women who love pegging and that's different, but from what I have been able to discern, women like that are a minority. There also exists a segment of women who, within the context of a relationship, learn to love pegging and pleasing their partner in that manner, whether they get off or not. Now, pegging doesn't exist in a vacuum, and the woman can certainly get off with other kinds of attention during a sexy times encounter that includes pegging, so that would help balance the scales a bit. But add to the satisfaction imbalance the sheer number of men looking for no-strings-attached pegging and leading with that request, which results in women being besieged for it. Consequently, we are pretty sensitive in that regard. We get approached for pegging in the first message, perhaps the first sentence, perhaps the only sentence. It's ridiculous. So back to the gay men. They're totally fine with being approached in this manner, partly because gay men enjoy having meaningless hookups more so than many women, but also because there is no imbalance of effort slash reward. See the difference? One more thing. Not only is there an imbalance in the effort reward aspect of pegging, it is an unusual niche sex activity. I mean, would you go on Tinder and ask a potential hookup, hey, will you lick my feet? That's why we call it fetish delivery service. I've talked before on the podcast about a person being heteroromantic, parentheses, desires a relationship, love, emotional involvement only with the opposite gender, and bisexual parentheses, desiring sex with either gender. This fits the description, very common amongst men, of being heterosexual but attracted to other men just for the sex, the genitals, but no kissing or romantic stuff. So, so that was a fascinating discussion that he and I had. And on the heels of that, I ran across some videos that Dr. Joe Cord is putting out there. I'm going to put a link to those. Actually, I'm going to link to his TikTok videos. So this guy is such an amazing therapist. And basically, he gets on there and does like four or five different consecutive 
videos, short videos talking about why straight men have sex with other men. And yes, they're still straight, but what they really want is the anal sex because it feels really good. There's a fair amount of women that have no interest in doing the anal sex. And I have heard this talked about a lot. It's sort of like, man, it, I only wish that I was attracted to men because I can get fucked by a guy so easy, but it's pretty difficult to find a woman who will fuck my ass, right? So, when guys have encounters with other guys and they get fucked by them, that doesn't necessarily mean they're gay. And he goes, he waxes poetic about this. And you can have a really strict definition about, well, if you're having sex and getting fucked by a guy, then clearly you're bisexual. Now, because orientation is one thing, but what you choose to do and have desires and urges and the type of stimulation that you enjoy can affect that. And he goes on to talk about this in some detail. So I'm going to give you a link to these because they're really fascinating to me and tap into this whole discussion about, okay, there are guys out there that start craving dick. And why is that? He talks also about sexual trauma, which is really important and can come into play. So I'm going to put those links in the Linkorama for you, and I hope you enjoy them. Let's go on to this next letter. This one is titled The Ick Factor. Hi, Ruby. Finally got up the courage to bring up my long desire to be pegged to my wife of 22 years. To be clear, it's been brought up before in a bumbling, half-hearted attempt, so of course failed. This time, I was serious. I brought up the idea of buying a toy for both of us by way of introducing pegging to her. She surprised me by saying, I don't want one, but go ahead. Long story short, I bought an anal dildo and have started using it in myself. I showed her a video of you being interviewed by another woman about pegging, and she seemed interested. Basically, she is for it, but the only thing holding her back is the ick factor or the potential mess. I've explained ways we can mitigate, but she still seems reluctant. Can you point me to one of your blogs or videos that talks in detail about things to do? I'm new on your website, so I haven't listened to them all yet. Thanks for all you do. I love listening to you. I'm going to show my wife podcast number 112 soon. I think she will appreciate it. So, hey, where I'm going to send you. First of all, I'm thrilled that she didn't flat turn you down. Congratulations on 22 years. And also, congratulations on bringing it up again. I totally get that. The first time was the bumbling half-hearted attempt. So kudos to you for having the courage to revisit that. And kudos to her for being at least open-minded. And also voicing her concerns. This is so important to be honest with each other about these things. So, okay, her concern is the ick factor. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about how there's two parts to staying clean. And then I'm going to send you actually a link to somewhere that is not anywhere on my websites or my podcasts. It is a WordPress blog and it's called How to Clean Out Your Ass. I kid you not. It is so complete in its informational stuff about how to do this and the little details that are important to know. It's done in a graphic novel format. It's humorous. Uh, it might be tailored to gay men because it shows guys a lot, but the point is, is it's so well done and so complete that I really can't top that. And it's been translated into like 11 different languages. That tells you how amazing it is. So I'm going to send you there. I'll put that link in the linkorama. But here's the deal about staying clean. 
The first part of it is what you put in your body. The second part of it is actually physically cleaning out. If you do the first one well enough, you won't have to do any or maybe not very much of the second, seriously. If your diet has enough roughage and raw foods and good stuff and you eat a lot less of the stuff that's always on the bad list, the sugars, the meats, the grains, the alcohol, all that stuff that we love, right? Then it goes through your body so much better and comes out so much easier and it kind of all comes out at once. It has this texture where when it comes out, it's out and that's that's it. Now, this happens more easily with younger people and I'm guessing if you've been married from 22 years, you're not in your 20s, <laughs> right? I can make some assumptions about your age regarding the 22 years of marriage. So one more thing that you can do is you can add a supplement and this would be a supplement for roughage. And it's like Metamucil, it's like that. You can even use that if you want to. I did come across a product on Amazon when I used to go to Amazon occasionally, which I don't anymore because Jeff Bezos is a horrible human being. However, <laughs> I found this and I talked about it on several of my podcasts and it's called Pure for Men. And it's just a combination of psyllium husks and other things to put more roughage in your diet. It is a dietary supplement to put more roughage in your diet. So why was I checking this out on Amazon? It's because I got pulled in by two things. One was their tagline. Uh, let's see, take it now so you can take it later. <laughs> the whole emphasis, and they're totally marketing this to gay men, the whole emphasis is that if you take three of these in the morning and three of these in the evening, it will dramatically reduce how messy you are for anal sex, that basically you should be ready to be bent over at any time, which of course is a fantastic thing. And in my personal world, Oh my God, that's like my particular fantasy. Are you kidding me? To have a live-in partner that I can bend over anytime I want? Oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the point being, the other thing that I looked at a lot was it had thousands of reviews and it was rated a 4.75. So I talked about it in my podcast. I think to date, maybe 12, 4, 15 or so different listeners have tried it out. And basically, this is the feedback that I get. I get the feedback that it dramatically reduces the mess and it even sometimes completely eliminates it. And some of these guys were solo players and some had partners, but all of them said it made a big, big difference. So this is something you can consider to add in too. Now, since I've been talking about this, I always say these things as well that some people say, yeah, that stuff's expensive and just get Metamucil or just take psyllium husks. So if you take straight psyllium husks, which is going to put a lot of roughage in your diet, this is what I know about that. It tends to cause a lot of gas production in your body that's very uncomfortable. They've formulated the Pure for Men so that it doesn't do that. I don't really know about Metamucil or not and how comparable the two are but that is also a possibility is to take that as well, or that instead, I should say. So that is all the information I have for you. I'm going to give you a link to their website, and I hope that you two can navigate your way through the ick factor. And it's been a bit since you've sent this message, so perhaps you guys have already listened to podcast number 112. Good luck to you, and let us know 
when it happens, I can't wait to play the music for you. And I'm sounding like it's an eventuality because I think perhaps it is for you. Thanks for the letter. Here is my last letter. This is called Relaxation Help. Hello, Ruby. I hope this finds you doing well. My wife and I just recently started anal stimulation by a drunken, sex-fueled night over a week ago. (laughs) Okay. It all started when she accidentally massaged my taint and realizing how amazing it felt. So the next day I purchased lube, and as we were making love, I asked her to use her fingers. At first I think she was a little apprehensive, and let's face it, so was I. Afterwards, we discussed more on it the next day through sexy texting. Come to find out, we both get really excited with the idea of pegging. She finds it very sexy, and it turns her on greatly. I very much enjoy the prostate stimulation and have come numerous times. In fact, we've made love and fucked each other every day for over a week now, which is amazing considering we were lucky to have fucked maybe four times a month. Sad, I know. We both have listened to podcast number 112 and others since finding you. And I want to thank you so very much for helping us along our journey. We've again been able to start communicating with each other, which was sadly lacking. My question is, is there any way to help me relax? Like I said, we are very new to this and she's used fingers and prostate toys on me. I find the in and out motion better for me than just massaging, but I always feel very tight and not able to relax. We would like to try pegging, but unsure if we should until I'm able to relax and stretch out better. We tried a butt plug the other night and sadly, it's too short a one and it wouldn't sit where I think it should. Had I pushed it in any further, I think it would have been sucked in. Had we known more when we purchased our toys, (laughs) we wouldn't have purchased stuff from Adam and Eve. But like I said, we're completely new to this. We were thinking of buying a small strap-on to try, but any help with getting my anus to relax more would be greatly appreciated. And your best products for beginners. Thank you for your time, and thank you for making my wife and I not feel alone in exploring more and helping us be able to better communicate with each other. Sincerely, Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for this message. So first of all, (laughs) a drunken fueled sex night or drunken sex fueled night, I think is how you phrased it. Yes. Well, that's an interesting way to start. I'm glad you guys didn't hurt each other. I know people have drunken sex all the time, but when you combine drunken sex with anal play, sometimes that gets a little dicey. So I'm glad it turned out well. So yes, don't purchase things from Adam and Eve. It's not good quality at all. But moving on from there, how to get you to relax? Well, there's different ways to approach that. So first of all, natural jojoba oil has a property of being really relaxing for the tissue, relaxing for the musculature. So that is something you could just go to your drugstore, your health food store, wherever, and get a small bottle of that and try and use that and play with it. So that is one of the things that can help relax the tissues around there. But another aspect of relaxation is clearly the whole mental part. So another approach is just to get kind of a kit with lots of things to play with. If you're just doing stimulation with maybe one toy and some lube and fingers and things, what's kind of fun and 
helpful if you're going to spend some time learning how to relax, which is absolutely the key factor that I recommend, is just taking your time. Maybe say, hey, like Tuesdays and Saturdays are, you know, explore the butt time, relax the butt time, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And there's a pretty cool B-Vibe beginner's anal kit that basically comes with three different size plugs and they're all 100% silicone. Of course, B-Vibe is a fantastic company and it's got like a, a little cleaning bulb, like a, a rectal bulb syringe comes with it. A lubricant launcher is what she calls it, which is basically a little syringe type thing to to shoot lube into your rectal canal so that there's not just lube on the toy. And then the three different plugs allow you to explore different types of experiences. The small one is just a small silicone plug. The medium one is a vibrating plug. And then the large one is weighted. So all three of them have different types of experiences. It's quite possible that the vibrating one might be something that you really enjoy. And see, you don't have to think, oh, I can't use that one because I can't take it all the way inside me. You can turn the vibrating one on and just press it to the outside of your anus and see how that feels. There's lots of pleasure receptor tissue in that area of the body. So the vibrations might be something that allow you to relax. It's really hard to say. It's hard to know what the perfect approach would be, but massaging a little bit with the jojoba oil, trying out the different plugs, making sure you've got plenty of lube in there, maybe scheduling times where you can do the anal play on a regular basis and gradually getting used to it. I think a large part of being able to relax that part of your body is emotional. It's about trust. It's about being able to allow someone into that amazingly, incredibly vulnerable area of your body. So that could be what's going on here too. And I certainly don't mean to imply you don't trust your partner. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I mean that it's just hard to open up that way sometimes to anybody, even if it's your wonderful partner. So yes, these factors all come together. So take it slow, take it gradual have maybe that kit that can help you do a bunch of things. And I'm going to recommend one more toy, and that would be the Enjoy Pure Wand. The reason I suggest the Enjoy Pure Wand is because you mentioned how in and out feels a little bit better. The Enjoy Pure Wand being stainless steel, and it might sound kind of scary, but believe me, it's the best toy out there for beginners for prostate stimulation, whether for solo use or partner use and it's also extremely good for internal clitoral stimulation which most people call g-spot stimulation solo use and partnered as well it's an extremely versatile toy and if you check it out on the internet everybody raves about this toy for good reason absolutely it's slick so it's going to go in you really easy because it's stainless steel it has a small end and a large end it's curved perfectly you can do all kinds of things with that you can make it go in and out you can use it to gently massage the prostate and that will offer one more type of experience for you to see what works the best to relax yourself. So I'm going to put links to those things in the Linkorama. 
and good luck relaxing, sir. <laughs> Congratulations that your partner is totally down to try this with you. Thanks for the letter, Kevin. And we're done for this time. Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blog, my podcasts, my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website if you like. The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, MeWe, Reddit, and Please Me. When you order exciting new toys from Entice Me... Please remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. Send your questions to Ruby at peckingparadise.com. No question is too wonderful, too wimpy, or too wicked. (laughs) My listeners are going to learn along with you, so please don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame.